Hi, I'm Tim. Before we get into today's episode, just wanted to give you a heads up that tomorrow will be our final episode in this series, A Journey of Forgiveness. We hope that it's been helpful for you and that it may continue to be helpful for you even as you go into the holidays, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. We'll take a short break and then we'll be back on December 4th for our new series, Finding God in Your World. You're going to hear from a ton of guests that John is excited to talk about and find out how they're finding God in their world. So we'll see you December 4th. Have a great Thanksgiving. Here's John. Somehow, I wish you were with me right now. We are a hurting people and we live in a hurting world. Hurting is natural. Hurting is what we do to each other somehow. And we feel it so deeply. But God's final and I think most miraculous creation is forgiveness. And that's the journey that we're on right now. We're almost to the end of it. We're going to wrap things up on Thanksgiving. And there's a wonderful tie uh, that I will make on that one. But I want to take a little time today to review it. And then I want you to reflect for you personally. Why do you want to become a forgiving person? And I want to invite you now as we begin to um, wind up with this to begin to make a commitment that you can take, that we all can take in the fellowship of the withered hand where we can't, but God can. So we think we'll let him. Um, Why you want to be a forgiving person and make a commitment to be a forgiving person as you walk into the world Um, from this time forward. Have forgiveness heroes. Read, be inspired regularly about forgiveness. Now, here's the review part that we'll walk through today. Remember that there are two aspects to forgiveness. Ed Worthington has been kind of our guide through this. There's decisional forgiveness. That's where I make a commitment and say, I will forgive you. It's a very helpful thing. It has been for me to have an actual date on the calendar. So I know I forgave this person on this date. I forgave these people on this date. That's a decision I can make. But then there's emotional forgiveness. Unforgiveness is not just anger or hurt. Unforgiveness is the product of the bad boy of mental health rumination. And it gets into my body, it gets into my neurotransmitters, it gets into my hormones, it gets into my muscles, um, it gets into my brooding obsessive thoughts. And so I want not just to make a decision to forgive, but also to experience a different set of thoughts and a different kind of emotions as I think about the people that I feel like I have been wronged by. So I want to aim at emotional forgiveness. And to do that, we have journeyed together through the REACH model, where um, I seek to recall things differently. Instead of just rehearsing again my victimhood and my moral superiority and indulging my martyrdom, I'm having to renounce in many ways my Scandinavian heritage because that's a lot of my spiritual giftedness and um, ethnic legacy. But I recall things in a different way. I learned to empathize. I seek to recapture the humanity of the other person. And I try to put myself in their place. Not Everybody's not doing the best they can, but what everybody does makes sense to them. And I have to be willing to let go of my dehumanizing tendency with the other person. And that's where sitting in their chair 
and giving voice to what might be in their mind, even if I'm not able to sit with them, is such a powerful thing. And then give the altruistic gift of forgiveness. And we've looked at how, um, uh, perhaps in a way that's very reminiscent of the reality of the kingdom, um, we experience more forgiveness when we do it, not just selfishly, not just because I want my life to be more pleasant, I want to experience therapeutic benefit, but I want to give it as a gift to the other person. Um, I want them to experience forgiveness because they need it. And I'm in solidarity with them because I'm a messed up, um, wretched, sin-filled, guilty person who needs it myself. And then the C is I commit to forgiveness. I put a stake in the ground and we do this with our bodies. I write down someplace where I can see it again. I have on this day forgiven this person. I know I'm out of vagueness with this now. And this has been a big difference for me. And then I tell somebody else um, so that they can remember and help me and hold me accountable. And then I hold on to forgiveness. And I write the word hurt on my hand. And I notice it takes a little while for that to dis disappear. And I remember sometimes a memory will come. Sometimes there will be, again, sadness or anger. But that's a different thing than indulging rumination. And so I hold on to it. And now what I want to do in the few moments that are last, left uh, today is tell you a good reason why you ought to want to become a forgiving person and what is the larger story that you can tell. In our difficult journey over the last several years, the scripture verse that has been um, brought back to me most often is Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. And we've kind of looked together through this journey at the story of Joseph and his brothers. And at the end, what he says to them when they are afraid that he might not forgive them, even though it's been by now many, many years and his dad's been dead for a long time. And they want to make sure he will forgive them. And he say, uh, for what you intended for evil, God has used for good. And when Walter Bugamon writes about Genesis, he says that's a, a fundamental part of the narrative. I just want you to think about this for a moment that God is so large that the things that happen in our lives or the people do to us in our lives that just look like they are utterly irredeemable. Um, God is able to use kind of like on one of those cooking shows, you know, where they give these chefs, you know, um, fungus and chocolate and liver and I don't know what else. And there's, oh yeah, I can use that. I can make something great. The better the chef, the more unlikely the ingredients and with God, it's kind of that way. So then you hit Jeremiah and Jeremiah, God says, for I know the plans that I have made for you, plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's when they're going to exile in Babylon. But God's going to use that and God does. God prepares Israel and the prophets. He is preparing the way for Jesus. And then Paul writes to that church at Rome in the eighth chapter, uh, for in all things, God works together for the good for those who love him. In all things. And Joseph found it was so strange that the very acts that got him sold into slavery. And then when he was betrayed there and thrown into cell, that was bringing him nearer to Pharaoh, bringing him nearer to be able to become a blessing to all the peoples and to be reunited for his brother. What if it's true that God was doing that, not just in those moments with Joseph, but that that thread that runs through in Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have in Romans, for in all things, God is working for the good. What if there's nothing that God cannot use good? 
God I cannot use to bring about good. Not that God causes bad or that everything is deterministically, mechanistically planned ahead of time, but like a great chef, yep, I can use that. A friend of mine sent me this. Uh, I think initially it was from Tim Keller. The print on this is tiny, but it says, uh, Dostoevsky wrote this. I believe like a child that suffering will be healed and made up for. That all the humiliating absurdity of the human contradictions will vanish like a pitiful mirage. That in the world's finale, at the moment of eternal harmony, something so precious will come to pass that it will suffice for all hearts. It will comfort all resentments for the atonement of all the crimes of humanity, of all the blood they've shed, that it will make it not only possible to forgive, but to justify all that has happened. C.S. Lewis put it more succinctly. They say of some temporal suffering, no future bliss can make up for it. Not knowing that heaven, once attained, will work backwards and turn even that agony to glory. This is the ultimate defeat of evil and suffering. It will not only be ended, but so radically vanquished that what has happened will only serve to make our future life and joy infinitely greater. Heaven will work backward. That worst day of all, Friday. At the end of Friday, it was not Good Friday. At the end of Saturday, it was not Good Friday. Not until Sunday. Sunday had the power to reach back and turn awful, dark, tragic, horrible Friday into Good Friday. There's a word I never noticed before. I'm not a Greek scholar at all, but I like to try to kind of stumble through the New Testament in Greek. And in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus is talking about what he calls the renewal of all things. And there's a little word I didn't know existed, palingenesia. Palin was the word for again, to repeat something. And genesia is connected to Genesis, beginnings, genetics. At the renewal of all things, all things will be begun again. One more item along those lines in Tolkien's book, The Return of the King, when the quest of the ring bearer has been fulfilled and the reign of Sauron and evil is over and Frodo's servant, Sam, wakes up and much to his shock, he didn't die. And then he sees even more to his shock, Gandalf, who he knew he had died quite a while ago, isn't dead either. Between bewilderment and great joy, Sam could not answer. At last he gasped, Gandalf, I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? What's happened to the world? A great shadow has departed, said Gandalf. And then he laughed, and the sound was like music, or like water in a parched land. And as he listened, the thought came to Sam. He had not heard laughter, the pure sound of merriment for days upon days without count. It fell upon his ears like the burst of all the joys he had ever known. But he himself burst into tears. And then, as a sweet rain will pass down a wind of spring and the sun will shine out the clearer, his tears ceased and his laughter welled up. And laughing, he sprang from his bed. That's the... Palingenesia, the renewal of all things. See, forgiveness works, and it doesn't work for secular reasons. It does not work because it's therapeutic. Forgiveness works because it is the product of love, because God is strong and God is good, and love is the foundation of all things, 
And therefore, when we forgive, we become tiny little sub-creators like God is the creator. And we enter into the renewal of all things. The kingdom is real and it is powerful. And it is maybe in the miracle of forgiveness where the irreversibility of human finitude and sin and evil and wrongdoing, I can't take those words back. I can't take those actions back. That hurt will be my wound forever. Ah, oh, but healing will come. And when it comes, tears and laughter, and so we forgive. Forgive us our debts as we forgive, because we're in the kingdom now. Everything sad will come untrue. Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time but it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series, asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went, or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888 0444. And we'll put you on the list. As always, to receive the emails or video links by text, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails but aren't getting them, try checking your spam folder or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at becomenew.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855-888-0444. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.